Chapter Eight of Different Girls. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kate Fallis. Different Girls Harper's Novelettes. The Stout Miss Hopkins Bicycle by Octave Tanet there was a skeleton in mrs margaret ellis's closet the same skeleton abode also in the closet of miss lorania hopkins the skeleton which really does not seem a proper word was the dread of growing stout they were more afraid of flesh than of sin yet they were both good women mrs ellis regularly attended church and could always be depended on to show hospitality to convention delegates whether clerical or lay she was a liberal subscriber to every good work she was almost the only woman in the church aid society that never lost her temper at the sole vexing time of the church fair and she had a larger clientele of regular pensioners than any one in town unless it were her friend miss hopkins who was so good to the poor that never a tramp slighted her kitchen miss hopkins was as amiable as mrs ellis and always put her name under that of mrs ellis with exactly the same amount on the subscription papers she could have given more for she had the larger income but she had no desire to outshine her friend whom she admired as the most charming of women mrs ellis indeed was agreeable as well as good and a pretty woman to the bargain if she did not choose to be weighed before people miss hopkins often told her that she was not really stout she merely had a plump trig little figure miss hopkins alas was really stout the two waged a warfare against the flesh equal to the apostles in vigour although so much less deserving of praise mrs ellis drove her cook to distraction with diverse dieting systems from bentings and dr salisbury's to the latest exhortations of some unknown newspaper prophet she bought elaborate gymnastic appliances and swung dumbbells and rode imaginary horses and propelled imaginary boats she ran races with a professional trainer and she studied the principles of delsart and solemnly whirled on one foot and swayed her body and rolled her head and hopped and kicked and genuflected in company with eleven other stout and earnest matrons and one slim and giggling girl who almost choked at every lesson in all these exercises miss hopkins faithfully kept her company which was the easier as miss hopkins lived in the next house a conscientious colonial mansion with all the modern conveniences hidden beneath the old-fashioned pomp and yet despite these struggles and self-denials it must be told that margaret ellis and lorania hopkins were little thinner for their warfare still as shuey cardigan the trainer told mrs ellis there was no knowing what they might have weighed had they not struggled it ain't only the fat that's on ye moind ye says shuey with a confidential sympathy of mien it's what ye'd naturally be getting in addition and first ye've got to peel off that and then ye come down to the other shuey was so much the most successful of mrs ellis's reducers that his words were weighty and when at last shuey said i got what you need mrs ellis listened you need a bike no less says shuey but i could never ride one said margaret opening her pretty brown eyes and wrinkling her grecian forehead 
you'd ride in six lessons but how would i look cardigan you'd look noble ma'am what do you consider the best wheel cardigan the advertising rules of magazines prevent my giving cardigan's answer it is enough that the wheel glittered at mrs ellis's door the very next day and that a large pasteboard box was delivered by the expressman the very next week he went on to miss hopkins and delivered the twin of the box with a similar yellow printed card bearing the impress of the same great firm on the inside of the box cover for margaret had hired her to lorania hopkins the instant shuey was gone she presented herself breathless a little to the embarrassment of lorania who was sitting with her niece before a large box of crackerjack it's a new kind of candy i was just tasting it maggie faltered she while the niece a girl of nineteen with the inhuman spirits of her age laughed aloud you needn't mind me said mrs ellis cheerfully i'm eating potatoes now oh maggie miss hopkins breathed the words between envy and disapproval mrs ellis tossed her brown head airily not a whit abashed and i had beer for luncheon and am going to have champagne for dinner maggie how do you dare did they did they taste good they tasted heavenly lorania pass me the candy i am going to try something new the thinningest thing there is i read in the paper of one woman who lost forty pounds in three months and is losing still if it is obesity pills i-it isn't it's a bicycle lorania you and i must ride sybil hopkins you heartless child what are you laughing at lorania rose in the glass over the mantel her figure returned her gaze there was no mistake except that as is often the case with stout people that glass always increased her size she was a stout lady she was taller than the average of women and well proportioned and still light on her feet but she could not blink away the records she was heavy on the scales did she stand looking at herself squarely her form was shapely enough although larger than she could wish but the full force of the revelation fell when she allowed herself a profile view she having what is called a round waist and being almost as large one way as another yet lorania was only thirty-three years old and was of no mind to retire from society and have a special phaeton built for her use and hear from her mother's friends how much her mother weighed before her death how should i look on a wheel she asked even as mrs ellis had asked before and mrs ellis stoutly answered you'd look noble shuey will teach us she went on and we can have a track made in your pasture where nobody can see us learning lorania there's nothing like it let me bring you the bicycle edition of harper's bazaar miss hopkins capitulated at once and sat down to order her costume while sibyl the niece revelled silently in visions of a new bicycle which should presently revert to her for it's ridiculous auntie's thinking of riding miss sibyl considered she would be a figure of fun on a wheel besides she can never learn in this world yet sibyl was attached to her aunt and enjoyed visiting hopkins manor as lorania had named her new house into which she moved on the same day that she joined the colonial dames by right of her ancestor the great and good divine commemorated by mrs stowe lorania's friends were all fond of her she was so good-natured and tolerant with a touch of dry humour in her vision of things and not the least puritan in her frank enjoyment of ease and luxury nevertheless lorania had a good 
able-bodied new england conscience capable of staying awake nights without flinching and perhaps from her stanch old puritan forefathers she inherited her simple integrity so that she never lied nor cheated even in the small whitewashed manner of her sex and valued loyalty above most of the virtues she had an innocent pride in her godly and martial ancestry which was quite on the surface and led people who did not know her to consider her haughty for fifteen years she had been an orphan the mistress of a very large estate no doubt she had been sought often in marriage but never until lately had lorania seriously thought of marrying sibyl said that she was too unsentimental to marry really she was too romantic she had a longing to be loved not in the quiet matter-of-fact manner of her suitors but with the passion of the poets therefore the presence of another skeleton in mrs ellis's closet because she knew about a certain handsome italian marquis who at this period was conducting an impassioned wooing by mail margaret did not fancy the marquis he was not an american he would take lorania away she thought this very virtue floored and suspected that he had learned his love-making in a bad school she dropped dark hints that frightened lorania who would sometimes piteously demand don't you think he could care for me for for myself margaret knew that she had an overweening distrust of her own appearance how many tears she had shed first and last over her unhappy plumpness it would be hard to reckon she made no account of her satin skin or her glossy black hair or her lustrous violet eyes with their long black lashes or her flashing white teeth she glanced dismally at her shape and scornfully at her features good honest irregular american features that might not satisfy a greek critic but suited each other and pleased her countrymen and then she would sigh heavily over her figure her friend had not the heart to impute the marquis's beautiful artless compliments to mercenary motives after all the italian was a good fellow according to the point of view of his own race if he did intend to live on his wife's money and had a very varied assortment of memories of women but margaret dreaded and disliked him all the more for his good qualities to-day this secret apprehension flung a cloud over the bicycle enthusiasm she could not help wondering whether at this moment lorania was not thinking of the marquis who rode a wheel and a horse admirably aunt lorania said sibyl there comes mr winslow shall i run out and ask him about those cloth of gold roses the aphids are eating them all up yes to be sure dear but don't let ferguson suspect what you are talking of he might feel hurt ferguson was the gardener miss hopkins left her note to go to the window below she saw a mettled horse with tossing head and silken skin restlessly fretting on his bit and pawing the dust in front of the fence while his rider hat in hand talked with the young girl he was a little man a very little man in a grey business suit of the best cut and material an air of careful and dainty neatness was diffused about both horse and rider he bent towards miss sibyl's charming person a thin alert fair face his head was finely shaped the brown hair worn away a little on the temples he smiled gravely at intervals the smile told that he had a dimple in his cheek i wonder said mrs ellis whether mr winslow can have a penchant for sibyl lorania opened her eyes at this moment mr winslow had caught sight of her at the window and he bowed almost to his saddle-bow 
sybil was saying something at which she laughed and he visibly reddened it was a peculiarity of his that his colour turned easily in a second his hat was on his head and his horse bounded half across the road hardly i think said lorania how well he rides i never knew any one ride better in this country i suppose sybil would ridicule such a thing said mrs ellis continuing her own train of thought and yet vaguely disturbed by the last sentence why should she well he is so little for one thing and she is so tall and then sybil thinks a great deal of social position he is a winslow said lorania arching her neck unconsciously a lineal descendant from kenelm winslow who came over in the may but his mother i don't know anything about his mother before she came here oh of course i know the gossip that she was a niece of the overseer at a village poorhouse and that her husband quarrelled with all his family and married her in the poorhouse and i know that when he died here she would not take a cent from the winslows nor let them have the boy she is the meekest-looking little woman but she must have an iron streak in her somewhere for she was left without enough money to pay the funeral expenses and she educated the boy and accumulated money enough to pay for this place they have she used to run a laundry and made money but when cyril got a place in the bank she sold out the laundry and went into chickens and vegetables she told somebody that it wasn't so profitable as the laundry but it was more genteel and cyril being now in a position of trust at the bank she must consider him cyril swept out the bank people laughed about it but do you know i rather liked mrs winslow for it she isn't in the least an assertive woman how long have we been up here maggie isn't it four years and they have been our next-door neighbours and she has never been inside the house nor he either for that matter except once when it took fire you know and he came in with that funny little chemical engine tucked under his arm and took off his hat in the same prim polite way that he takes it off when he talks to sybil and said if you'll excuse me offering advice miss hopkins it is not necessary to move anything it mars furniture very much to move it out of fire i think if you will allow me i can extinguish this and he did too didn't he as neatly and as coolly as if it were only adding up a column of figures and offered me the engine as a souvenir lorania you never told me that it seemed like making fun of him when he had been so kind i declined as civilly as i could i hope i didn't hurt his feelings i meant to pay a visit to his mother and ask them to dinner but you know i went to england that week and somehow when i came back it was difficult it seems a little odd we never have seen more of the winslows but i fancy they don't want either to intrude or to be intruded on but he is certainly very obliging about the garden think of all the slips and flowers he has given us and the advice all passed over the fence it is funny our neighbourly good offices which we render at arm's length how long have you known him oh a long time he is cashier of my bank you know first he was teller then assistant cashier and now for five years he has been cashier the president wants to resign and let him be president but he hardly has enough stock for that but oliver says oliver was miss hopkins brother that there isn't a shrewder or straighter banker in the state oliver knows him he says he is a sandy little fellow well he is assented mrs ellis it isn't many cashiers would let robbers stab them and shoot them and leave them for dead rather than give up the combination of the safe he wouldn't take a cent for it either and he saved ever so many thousand dollars yes he is brave i went to the same school with him once and saw him fight a big boy twice his size such a nasty boy who called me fatty and made a kissing noise with his lips just to scare me and poor little cyril winslow got awfully beaten and when i saw him on the ground with his nose bleeding and that big brute pounding him i ran to the water bucket and poured the whole bucket on that big bullying boy and stopped the fight 
just as the teacher got on the scene i cried over little sarah winslow he was crying himself i ain't crying because he hurt me he sobbed i'm crying because i'm so mad i didn't lick him i wonder if he remembers that episode perhaps said mrs ellis maggie what makes you think he is falling in love with sybil mrs ellis laughed i dare say he isn't in love with sybil said she i think the main reason was his always riding by here instead of taking the shorter route down the other street does he always ride by here i hadn't noticed always said mrs ellis i have noticed i am sorry for him said lorania musingly i think sybil is very much taken with that young captain carr at the arsenal young girls always affect the army he is a nice fellow but i don't think he is the man winslow is now maggie advise me about the suit i don't want to look like the escaped fat lady of a museum lorania thought no more of sibyl's love affairs if she thought of the winslows it was to wish that mrs winslow would sell or rent her pasture which in addition to her own and mrs ellis's pastures thrown into one would make such a delightful bicycle track the winslow house was very different from the two villas that were the pride of fairport a little story-and-a-half cottage peeped out on the road behind the tall maples that were planted when winslow was a boy but there was a wonderful green velvet lawn and the tulips and sweet peas and pansies that blazed softly nearer the house were as beautiful as those over which miss lorania's gardener toiled and worried mrs winslow was a little woman who showed the fierce struggle of her early life only in the deeper lines between her delicate eyebrows and the expression of melancholy patience in her brown eyes she always wore a widow's cap and a black gown in the mornings she donned a blue figured apron of stout and serviceable stuff in the afternoon an apron of that sheer white lawn used by bishops and smart young waitresses of an afternoon in warm weather she was accustomed to sit on the eastern piazza next to the hopkins place and rock as she sewed she was thus sitting and sewing when she beheld an extraordinary procession cross the hopkins lawn first marched the tall trainer shuey cardigan who worked by day in the lossing furniture factory and gave bicycle lessons at the armory evenings he was clad in a white sweater and buff leggings and was wheeling a lady's bicycle behind him walked miss hopkins in a grey suit the skirt of which only came to her ankles she was always so dignified in her toilets land sakes gasped mrs winslow if she ain't going to ride a bike well what next what really happened next was the sneaking for no other word does justice to the cautious and circuitous movements of her of mrs winslow to the stable which had one window facing the hopkins pasture no cows were grazing in the pasture all around the grassy plateau twinkled a broad brownish-yellow track at one side of this track a bench had been placed and a table pleasing to the eye with jugs and glasses mrs ellis in a suit of the same undignified brevity and ease as miss hopkins sat on the bench supporting her own wheel shuey cardigan was drawn up to his full six feet of strength and one arm in the air was explaining the theory of the balance of power it was an uncanny moment to lorania she eyed the glistening restless thing that slipped beneath her hand and her fingers trembled if she could have fled in secret she would but since flight was not possible she assumed a firm expression mrs ellis wore a smile of studied and sickly cheerfulness don't you think it very high said lorania 
i can never get up on it it will be by the block at first said shuey in the soothing tones of a jockey to a nervous horse it's easy by the block and i'll be steadying it of course don't they have any larger saddles it is a very small saddle they're all of a size it wouldn't look sporty larger it would look like a special make yous wouldn't want a special make lorania thought that she would be thankful for a special make but she suppressed the unsportsmanlike thought the pedals are very small too cardigan are you sure they can hold me they would hold two of ye miss hopkins now sit aisy and graceful as you would on your chair at home hold the shoulders back and toe in a bit on the pedals ye won't be skinning your ankles so much then and hold your foot up ready to get the other pedal hold light on the steering bar push off hard now will you hold me i'm going oh it's like riding an earthquake here shuey made a run letting the wheel have its own wild way to reach the balance keep the front wheel under you he cried cheerfully never mind where you go keep a pedaling whatever you do keep a pedaling but i haven't got but one pedal gasped the rider ye lost it no i never had but one oh don't let me fall oh he lost it in the beginning now then i'll hold it steady and you get both feet right here we go swaying frightfully from side to side and wrenched from capsizing the wheel by the full exercise of shuey's great muscles miss hopkins reeled over the track at short intervals she lost her pedals and her feet for some strange reason instead of seeking the lost simply curled up as if afraid of being hit she gripped the steering handles with an iron grasp and her turns were such as an engine makes nevertheless shuey got her up the track for some hundred feet and then by a herculean sweep turned her round and rolled her back to the block it was at this painful moment when her whole being was concentrated on the effort to keep from toppling against shuey and even more to keep from toppling away from him that lorania's strained gaze suddenly fell on the frightened and sympathetic face of mrs winslow the good woman saw no fun in the spectacle but rather an awful risk to life and limb their eyes met not a change passed over miss hopkins features but she looked up as soon as she was safe on the ground and smiled in a moment before mrs winslow could decide whether to run or to stand her ground she saw the cyclist approaching on foot won't you come in and sit down she said smiling we are trying our new wheels and because she did not know how to refuse mrs winslow suffered herself to be handed over the fence she sat on the bench beside miss hopkins in the prim attitude which had pertained to gentility in her youth her hands loosely clasping each other her feet crossed at the ankles it's an awful sight ain't it she breathed those little shiny things i don't see how you ever get on them i don't get on them said miss hopkins the only way i shall ever learn to start off is to start without the pedals does your son ride mrs winslow no ma'am said mrs winslow but he knows how when he was a boy nothing would do but he must have a bicycle one of those things most as big as a mill-wheel and if you fell off you broke yourself somewhere sure i always expected he'd be brought home in pieces so i don't think he'd have any manner of difficulty why look at your friend she's most riding alone she could always do everything better than i cried lorania with ungrudging admiration see how she jumps off now i can't jump off any more than i can jump on it seems so ridiculous to be told to press hard on the pedal on the side where you want to jump and swing your further leg over first and cut a kind of a figure eight with your legs and turn your wheel the way you don't want to go all at once well i'm trying to think of all those directions i always fall off 
i got that wheel only yesterday and fell before i even got away from the block one of my arms looks like a persian ribbon mrs winslow cried out in unfeigned sympathy she wished miss hopkins would use her liniment that she used for cyril when he was hurt by the burglars at the bank he was bruised terrible that must have been an awful time to you said lorania looking with more interest than she had ever felt on the meek little woman and she noticed the tremble in the decorously clasped hands yes ma'am was all she said i've often looked over at you on the piazza and thought how cosy you looked mr winslow always seems to be at home evenings yes ma'am we sit a great deal on the piazza cyril's a good boy he won't nine when his father died and he's been like a man helping me there never was a boy had such willing little feet and he'd set right there on the steps and pat my slipper and say what he'd get me when he got to earning money and he's got me every last thing foolish and all that he said there's that black satin gown a sin and a shame for a plain body like me but he would get it cyril's got a beautiful disposition too just like his pa's and he's a handy man about the house and prompt at his meals i wonder sometimes if cyril was to get married if his wife would mind his running over now and then and setting with me a while she was speaking more rapidly and her eyes strayed wistfully over to the hopkins piazza where sibyl was sitting with the young soldier lorania looked at her pityingly why surely said she mothers have kinder selfish feelings said mrs winslow moistening her lips and drawing a quick breath still watching the girl on the piazza it's so sweet and peaceful for them they forget their sons may want something more but it's kinder hard giving all your little comforts up at once when you've had em right with you so long and could cook just what he liked and go right into his room nights if he coughed it's all right all right but it's kinder hard and beautiful young ladies that have had everything all their lives might might not understand that a homespun old mother isn't wanting to force herself on them at all when they have company and they have no call to fear it there was no doubt however obscure the words seemed that mrs winslow had a clear purpose in her mind nor that she was tremendously in earnest little blotches of red dabbled her cheeks her breath came more quickly and she swallowed between her words lorania could see the quiver in the muscles of her throat she clasped her hands tight lest they should shake he's in love with sibyl thought lorania the poor woman she felt sorry for her and she spoke gently and reassuringly no girl with a good heart can help feeling tenderly towards her husband's mother mrs winslow nodded you're real comforting said she she was silent a moment and then said in a different tone you ain't got a large enough track wouldn't you like to have our pasture too lorania expressed her gratitude and invited the winslows to see the practice my niece will come out to-morrow she said graciously yes she's a real fine appearing young lady said mrs winslow both the cyclists exulted neither of them however was prepared to behold the track made and the fence down the very next morning when they came out about ten o'clock to the west side of miss hopkins boundaries as sure as you live maggie exclaimed lorania eagerly he's got it all done now that is something like a lover i only hope his heart won't be bruised as black and blue as i am with the wheel shuey says the only harm your falls do you is to take away your confidence said mrs ellis he wouldn't say so if he could see my knees retorted miss hopkins mrs ellis it will be observed sheered away from the love affairs of mr cyril winslow she had not yet made up her mind and mrs ellis who had been married did not jump at conclusions regarding the heart of man so rapidly as her spinster friend she preferred to talk of the bicycle 
nor did miss hopkins refuse the subject to her at this moment the most important object on the globe was the shining machine which she would allow no hand but hers to oil and dust both mrs ellis and she were simply prostrated as to their mental powers by this new sport they could not think nor talk nor read of anything but the wheel this is a peculiarity of the bicyclist no other sport appears to make such havoc with the mind one can learn to swim without describing his sensations to every casual acquaintance or hunting up the natatorial columns in the newspapers one may enjoy riding a horse and yet go about his ordinary business with an equal mind one learns to play golf and still remains a peaceful citizen who can discuss politics with interest but the cyclist man or woman is soaked in every pore with the delight and the perils of wheeling he talks of it as he thinks of it incessantly for this fatuous passion there is one excuse other sports have the fearful delight of danger and the pleasure of the consciousness of dexterity and the dogged anglo-saxon joy of combat and victory but no other sport restores to middle age the pure exultant muscular intoxication of childhood only on the wheel can an elderly woman feel as she felt when she ran and leaped and frolicked amid the flowers as a child Lorania, of course no longer jumped or ran she kicked in the delsart exercises but it was a measured calculated one may say cold-blooded kick which limbered her muscles but did not restore her youthful glow of soul her legs and not her spirits pranced the same thing may be said for margaret ellis now between their accidents they obtained glimpses of an exquisite exhilaration and there was also to be counted the approval of their consciences for they felt that no turkish bath could wring out moisture from their systems like half an hour's pumping at the bicycle treadles lorania during the month had ridden through one bottle of liniment and two of witch hazel and by the end of the second bottle could ride a short distance alone but lorania could not yet dismount unassisted and several times she had felled poor winslow to the earth when he rashly adventured to stop her captain carr had a peculiar graceful fling of the arm catching the saddle-bar with one hand while he steadied the handles with the other he did not hesitate in the least to grab lorania's belt if necessary but poor modest winslow who fell upon the wheel and dared not touch the hem of a lady's bicycle skirt was as one in the path of a cyclone and appeared daily in a fresh pair of white trousers use have now shuey remarked impressively one day yous have now arrived at the most difficult and dangerous period in learning the wheel it's similar to a baby when it's first learned to walk but ain't yet got sense in walking when it was little it would stay put wherever you put it and it didn't know enough to go by itself which is similar to you when i was holding ye you couldn't fall but now you're off alone depending on yourself objects struck by every tree taking most of the pasture to turn in and not able to get off save by falling oh couldn't you go with her somehow exclaimed mrs winslow appalled at the picture wouldn't a rope round her be of some help i used to put it round cyril when he was learning to walk well no ma'am said shuey patiently don't you be scared the riding'll come she's getting on grandly and ye should see mr winslow tis a pleasure to teach him he rode in one lesson i ain't learning him nothing but tricks now but mr winslow why don't you ride here with us said sibyl with her coquettish and flattering smile we're always hearing of your beautiful riding are we never to see it i think mr winslow is waiting for that swell english cycle suit that i hear about said the captain grinning and winslow grew red to his eyelids lorania gave an indignant side glance at sibyl why need the girl make game of an honest man who loved her 
sybil was biting her lips and darting side glances at the captain she called the pasture practice slow but she seemed nevertheless to enjoy herself sitting on the bench the captain on one side and winslow on the other rattling off her girlish jokes while her aunt and mrs ellis with the anxious set faces of the beginner were peddling frantically after cardigan lorania began to pity winslow for it was growing plain to her that sybil and the captain understood each other she thought that even if sybil did care for the soldier she need not be so careless of winslow's feelings she talked with the cashier herself trying to make amends for sybil's absorption in the other man and she admired the fortitude that concealed the pain that he must feel it became quite the expected thing for the winslows to be present at the practice but winslow had not yet appeared on his wheel he used to bring a box of candy with him or rather three boxes one for each lady he said and a box of peppermints for his mother he was always very attentive to his mother and fancy aunt margaret laughed sybil he has asked both auntie and me to the theatre he is not going to compromise himself by singling one of us out he is a careful soul by the way aunt margaret mrs winslow was telling me yesterday that i am the image of auntie at my age am i do i look like her was she as slender as i almost said mrs ellis who was not so inflexibly truthful as her friend no sybil said lorania with a deep deep sigh i was always plump i was a chubby child and oh what do you think i heard in the crowd at manley's once one woman said to another miss hopkins has got a wheel miss sybil said the other no the stout miss hopkins said the first creature and the second lorania groaned what did she say to make you feel that way she said she said oh my answered lorania with a dying look well she was horrid said mrs ellis but you know you have grown thin come on let's ride i never shall be able to ride said lorania gloomily i can get on but i can't get off and they've taken off the brake so i can't stop and i'm object-struck by everything i look at some day i shall look downhill well my will's in the lower drawer of the mahogany desk perhaps lorania had an occult inkling of the future for this is what happened that evening winslow rode on to the track in his new english bicycle suit which had just come he hoped that he didn't look like a fool in those queer clothes but the instant he entered the pasture he saw something that drove everything else out of his head and made him bend over the steering bar and race madly across the green miss hopkins bicycle was running away downhill cardigan on foot was pelting obliquely in the hopeless thought to intercept her while mrs ellis who was reeling over the ground with her own bicycle wheeled as rapidly as she could to the brow of the hill where she tumbled off and abandoning the wheel rushed on foot to her friend's rescue she was only in time to see a flash of silver and ebony and a streak of brown dart before her vision and swim down the hill like a bird lorania was still in the saddle pedalling from sheer force of habit and clinging to the handlebars below the hill was a stone wall and farther was a creek there was a narrow opening in the wall where the cattle went down to drink if she could steer through that she would have nothing worse than soft water and mud but there was not one chance in a thousand that she could pass that narrow space mrs winslow horror-stricken watched the rescuer who evidently was cutting across to catch the bicycle he's riding out of sight thought shuey in the rear he himself did not slacken his speed although he could not be in time for the catastrophe suddenly he stiffened winslow was close to the runaway wheel grab her 
yelled shuey grab her by the belt oh lord the exclamation exploded like the groan of a shell for while winslow's bicycling was all that could be wished and he flung himself in the path of the oncoming wheel with marvellous celerity and precision he had not the power to withstand the never yet revealed number of pounds carried by miss lorania impelled by the rapid descent and gathering momentum at every whirl they met he caught her but instantly he was rolling down the steep incline and she was doubled up on the grass he crashed sickeningly against the stone wall she lay stunned and still on the sod and their friends with beating hearts slid down to them mrs winslow was on the brow of the hill she blesses shuey to this day for the shout he sent up nobody killed and i guess no bones broken when margaret went home that evening having seen her friend safely in bed not much the worse for her fall she was told that cardigan wished to see her shuey produced something from his pocket saying i picked this up on the hill ma'am after the accident it maybe belongs to him or it maybe belongs to her i'm thinking the safest way is to just give it to you he handed mrs ellis a tiny gold-framed miniature of lorania in a red leather case the morning was a sparkling june morning dewy and fragrant and the sunlight burnished handle and pedal of the friends bicycles standing on the piazza unheeded it was the hour for morning practice but miss hopkins slept in her chamber and mrs ellis sat in the little parlour adjoining and thought she did not look surprised at the maid's announcement that mrs winslow begged to see her for a few moments mrs winslow was pale she was a good sketch of discomfort on the very edge of her chair clad in the black silk which she wore sundays her head crowned with her bonnet of state and her hands stiff in a pair of new gloves i hope you'll excuse me not sending up a card she began cyril got me some going on a year ago and i thought i could lay my hand right on em but i'm so nervous this morning i hunted all over and they wasn't anywhere i won't keep you i just wanted to ask if you picked up anything a, a little red russia leather case was it a miniature a miniature of my friend miss hopkins i thought it all over and i came to explain you no doubt think it strange and i can assure you that my son never let any human being look at that picture i never knew about it myself till it was lost and he got out of his bed he ain't hardly able to walk and staggered over here to look for it and i followed him and so he had to tell me he had it painted from a picture that came out in the papers he felt it was an awful liberty but you don't know how my boy feels mrs ellis he has worshipped that woman for years he ain't never had a thought of anybody but her since they was children in school and yet he's been so modest and so shy of pushing himself forward that he didn't do a thing until i put him on to help you with this bicycle margaret ellis did not know what to say she thought of the marquis and mrs winslow poured out her story he ain't never said a word to me till this morning but don't i know don't i know who looked out so careful for her investments don't i know who was always looking out for her interest silent and always keeping himself in the background why she couldn't even buy a cow that he won't looking round to see she got a good one twas him saw the gardener and kept him from buying that cow with tuberculosis cause he knew about the herd he knew by finding out he worshipped the very cow she owned you may say and i've seen him patting and feeding up her dogs it's to our house that big mastiff always goes every night mrs ellis it ain't often that a woman gets love such as my son is offering only it doesn't offer it and it ain't often a woman is loved by such a good man as my son he ain't got any bad habits he'll die before he wrongs anybody and he has got the sweetest temper you ever see and he's the tidiest man about the house you could ask and the promptest about meals mrs ellis looked at her flushed face and sent another flood of colour into it for she said 
mrs winslow i don't know how much good i may be able to do but i am on your side her eyes followed the little black figure when it crossed the lawn she wondered whether her advice was good for she had counselled that winslow come over in the evening maggie said a voice lorania was in the doorway maggie she said i ought to tell you that i heard every word then i can tell you cried mrs ellis that he is fifty times more of a man than the marquis and loves you fifty thousand times better lorania made no answer not even by a look what she felt mrs ellis could not guess nor was she any wiser when winslow appeared at her gate just as the sun was setting i didn't think i would better intrude on miss hopkins said he but perhaps you could tell me how she is this evening my mother told me how kind you were and perhaps you-you would advise if i might venture to send miss hopkins some flowers out of the kindness of her heart mrs ellis averted her eyes from his face thus she was able to perceive lorania saunter out of the hopkins gate so changed was she by the bicycle practice that wrapped in her niece's shawl she made margaret think of the girl an inspiration flashed to her she knew the cashier's dependence on his eyeglasses and he was not wearing them if you want to know how miss hopkins is why not speak to her niece now said she he started he saw miss sibyl as he supposed and he went swiftly down the street miss sibyl he began may i ask how is your aunt and then she turned she blushed then she laughed aloud has the bicycle done so much for me said she the bicycle didn't need to do anything for you he cried warmly mrs ellis a little distance in the rear heard turned and walked thoughtfully away they're off said she she had acquired a sporting tinge of thought from shuey cardigan if with that start he can't make the running it's a wonder i have invited mr winslow and his mother to dinner said miss hopkins in the morning will you come too maggie i'll back him against the marquis thought margaret gleefully a week later lorania said i really think i must be getting thinner fancy mr winslow who was so clear-sighted mistaking me for sibyl he says i told him how i had suffered from my figure he says it can't be what he has suffered from his do you think him so very short maggie of course he isn't tall but he has an elegant figure i think and i never saw anywhere such a rider mrs ellis answered heartily he isn't very small and he is a beautiful figure on the wheel and added to herself i know what was in that letter she sent yesterday to the marquis but to think it's all being due to the bicycle End of chapter eight